Today's session is on grief and how grief is a master teacher and probably the best teacher that we actually have as human beings because our entire lives we are taught that we're supposed to be respectful to others, to love our neighbors as ourselves, to be a good person, to not dwell on negative things and negative people and negative events and all of these judgments that we have about life and about right and wrong. And I'm here to tell you today that grief actually teaches you a brand new way of being. So four weeks ago, to this day, my husband, who we had just celebrated uh, in early May, the 20th anniversary of our first date, uh, had a heart attack out of nowhere. And within 24 hours, less than 24 hours, he passed away. And the only symptom that he really had up until that point was he was just tired a lot, which is not uncommon in our Western society. We spend every day of our waking lives rushing around to do things that may or may not actually be life-altering or important, but it's very common for us to experience extreme exhaustion on some days and just, eh, just a random tiredness on others. So his symptoms were not, you know, bearing any sort of red flags. And so the event itself sent my physical body into a state of shock. Um, Emotionally, it was pretty much like someone throwing a grenade right next to me and that grenade exploding and dissolving every barrier, every judgment, every belief, every idea, every um, shield that I had erected around myself, around my heart, around my body, around um, everything. In one moment, that event took me from this typical societal new agey um, persona into a state of unbeing. And what I mean by that is that it shattered everything about who I thought I was. And it wasn't just about losing my husband who was my soulmate in this life because it was that, but it was also a loss of my identity because my identity was wrapped up not just in my relationship to him, but also in who I thought I was as an individual, as a human being, as a person on a spiritual path to enlightenment. And in that moment of hearing the doctor say, your husband's never going to wake up, everything changed. And, you know, I'd spent 
zero time up until this point actually considering what my life would be like should something happen to my husband. I'm 44 years old. It's not a common thing a 44-year-old would actually think about. But I stayed at the hospital until they actually took my husband away and were wheeling him down to the place where they take all people who have passed over. And just in a complete state of shock. And not really knowing what, what do I do now? What, what happens next? So from the moment that I got the phone call until I got home the following day, I was operating on no sleep for about 27 hours and my body was in a state of shock and grief and despair. And my only thought when I arrived home was shower, funeral home. Well, you see, my husband was an organ donor and on the way home from the hospital, I had received a call saying, you know, we're about to start this procedure and, you know, we have some questions and whenever we're done, we'll call you back and you can advise us where you want us to send his remains. So that was my first thought. Okay, there's step one. I have to find a place for them to actually send him. So I get home and my family had come in the night before and I says, you know, I I need to just shower I want at least an hour or two of sleep, and then when I wake up, I want to go to wherever the nearest funeral home is to start figuring out what to do next, because obviously, they would know the answers to that. So we go, and that started an entire process that I had to record every conversation I had with anyone because... I didn't remember anything they said five seconds after they said it because that's what an event like this does to the human body, to the mind, to the brain. It sends you into a state of panic and um, typical fight or flight symptoms um, of just, okay, how do I exist from this moment? And over the course of the next three weeks, I was surrounded by people, people who loved me, people who were helping me, people who were just in as much shock about the event as I was, and really just holding me up in in that moment because I couldn't really function as a normal human being would function in society. So my point in telling you all of this is just to say that that initial bomb of, hey, your life is now different than it was five minutes ago, has completely given me a new perspective on what I was before that, what I was hoping to be, what I was not, And 
really kind of opening me up into who my husband was even. And after having a conversation with a friend earlier today, I realized that in life, my husband taught me so much about love, about connection, about compassion, because he was probably one of the most compassionate people I knew. And in death, he's actually teaching me about forgiveness, about really just being a good human being and recognizing how I want to actually exist moving forward. Now, I can't still tell you what I'm going to be doing tomorrow, the day after that, next week, or even five minutes from now. After I finish recording this segment, I have no idea. But what I can tell you is, is that grief is a master teacher. It doesn't just come with tears and sorrow or sadness at the loss of a loved one. And in my years in this whole realm of spirituality and reading book after book after book and and watching videos and going to retreats and meditations and hypnosis and all the things that I've done to try and discover who I really am got me nowhere near to the truth that grief has done for me in the last four weeks of my life. Because what grief has shown me is all those things are all just masks that we wear. And in truth, it's just another face that we put on for the world, for our ego, for that part of us that says, I need to feel important. I need to feel special. I need to feel that my life matters, that I have some purpose. And... Grief basically strips that away and says, none of that matters. Here's who you are. Here's who you love. Here's how deeply you love. Here's how empty it feels to not have that physical connection to that. And yet you are still not alone, but rather all one with all things. And so it's quite the paradox. And isn't that really what life is? There's this and then there's also the opposite. And both are true. And both aren't true. And so as a quantum healing hypnosis practitioner over the past three years, 
And I have a lot of clients who will come to me and say, I want to know what my purpose is. And I think the answer is probably different for everyone in a session. But I remember listening to a talk that was being given by Alan Watts, the late Alan Watts, brilliant man. And he says, the purpose of life is just to be. It's really just that simple. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to become anything. You don't have to even unbecome anything. You just have to be. And grief has actually given me a a very real new perspective about what that actually means. Because when you're in the middle of it, you can't focus forward and you can't focus backward. You can only be in that moment when that emotion of grief, and I'm not really sure yet if grief is an emotion or a state or both or neither, who knows. I don't think it's even important to define what it is other than just to say that when you are in it, the only thing you can be is in it. There's no past, there's no future, there's only that moment. And that's what it is. And so, grief being the master teacher, I'm learning more and more from that and from this experience every day. And I'm learning more from my husband than I probably ever expected to learn from him about who he was, about how people perceived him, and how I perceived him. And at his memorial service, many people got up and talked about how he lived without a filter and could be really intense at times really compassionate at others, really caring, really interesting, really funny, and really, and then the adjectives go on and on. And thinking back on all the things that people have shared with me since, I realized that he loved people, he loved life, and while he might have worried about the future, He didn't think much on the past. And when he did, he would experience the same thing that most of us experience when thinking about the past. His mind would immediately go from all the good stuff into a couple of things that weren't so nice or so pleasant to experience. And he would feel those feelings of sadness or regret or whatever those feelings are. And, you know, we as a human society, not just here in the West, but as a human society, We've spent our lives judging every emotion that we have as being good or bad. And all those are doing is showing us who we are. And my husband lived a life of not filtering those things. He felt them and he felt them out loud. He lived out loud. His presence was always felt anytime he was in a room. 
No matter where that was, there could be a thousand people there or two. And his presence was always felt. And it was a big presence. And he was very much the extrovert. And I was always very happy for him to actually own that role because it wasn't really my bag. But thinking about how he lived his life and the fact that he died so young, I, th- I think that perhaps he was always living his purpose. He always cared about other people. He put them first. And it was wonderful. And I don't think I appreciated it fully until just now, these past couple of weeks, of really being able to see him in a new light. And even though he's not physically here with me any longer, that love that I've always felt for him just continues to grow and grow and grow with each passing day. You see, death doesn't actually stop that process from happening. It actually puts it in hyper mode where it does it exponentially fast and exponentially deep and exponentially wide. Because you start to actually remember those tiny little things that made you love that person in the first place that sometimes gets lost over the years. For my husband and myself, we had very much a deep friendship, but mostly we always had a passion for each other and for our future and for our life. And we spent a lot of time making plans and talking about what ifs. And it was really fun. And now that he's not here anymore, you know, you spend a lot of time or I spend a lot of time saying, okay, now what? And I think that his, his death is teaching me it's great to have dreams and it's great to plan, but don't forget to live. And so that's all for today. More later coming. Thanks for listening. Thanks for just caring enough to listen all the way through the end. Till next time.